I just got to the point where I just couldn't keep uploading beauty content and so I just had to have a hard talk with myself and say you can't keep doing this but you want to keep doing YouTube and you love creating let's go down this avenue instead right off the bat we'd like to thank Trentock for sponsoring this podcast it's an analytics app designed to help creators grow their TikTok hey everyone we are back with another creator generation and this week we are talking to you know what I'm gonna let you take this for out who are we talking to this week we're chatting with Kat Williams who had a very successful beauty channel and decided to switch gears and change to a craft channel. And she's going to talk all about that experience. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Creative Generation. We are here today with Kat Williams, and we're going to be discussing with you what it's like to have a successful channel in one niche and then switch, which is a risky proposition and something we get asked quite a lot about. Uh, right, Farad? Indeed, yeah. It's one of those things that a lot of creators talk about and ask about, but um, not many of them make the switch, but you have. And uh, yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit. Awesome. Yes. Cool. Before we do that, let's let's take a step back. Let's let's talk about the journey. How did, how did you get into YouTube? Uh, so I sort of fell into YouTube. It was kind of an accident. Um, I was originally living in Brisbane doing university. And then once I, once I finished university, I moved back to Cairns where my family was, but all my friends were still in Brisbane. And I would do like makeup looks and post them on social media. And my friends would be like, oh, how did you do such and such look? And I was like, oh, I'll just film it and put it on YouTube. And then you guys can see how I did it. And then I sort of started getting a following that wasn't just my friends and fell in love with YouTube and the creator space and, yeah, sort of went from there. Nice. And then so you started then as a, uh, a makeup channel? Yes. I would like to know why makeup though? Because I don't. my friends were interested in how I did my makeup. So I filmed it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> So it started with them actually giving you the idea because they said, you always do your makeup really well and we think you could help others. Yes. Uh, well, it was more just for them because I could try to tell them how I did it like on Facebook Messenger, but it's very hard to explain where you're putting eyeshadow. So it just seemed a lot easier to just, I'll film it, put it on YouTube and you guys can see how I did it. I actually think a great channel would be someone trying to communicate how to do makeup without seeing them and then just photographing the results <laughs> afterwards. It would be hilarious. That's a great idea. I've seen a few people do that with like Bob Ross paintings where they only listen to the audio and try to recreate the painting. Oh, that's a great idea. So then, so it started with you just doing this for your friends and then, but let's, let's also think about, you know, you need to understand the platform that you're hosting it on. So you decide to go into YouTube and then how did that journey take off? Um, so... Once I started to notice that there were all these people that weren't my friends watching my videos and it started to form like a little community where I could like talk to my followers. We could talk about new makeup releases and just like video ideas and makeup ideas. And I just fell in love with this little community and was like, yeah, YouTube's really cool. I want to do this as a career. And then from there, started watching all these different YouTube gurus, would just consume all this YouTube content, like anything that I could to learn more about YouTube. And yeah, it eventually became my full-time job. And how did that happen? I mean, in terms of the, your growth, did you go from, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this to I'm going to make this full-time? Or was there a moment in which when you were growing, you thought, oh, I could make this you know, a full-time goal? Actually, before you answer that, Kat, we should just let everyone know how many subscribers did you build on that channel? Uh, over 300,000. 
Okay, great. Just for some context. Yeah, so I think it was the idea sort of like, oh, I could actually do this as a career started to pop into my head around like 10,000 subscribers. And then so from there, I was like just learning everything I could, tried to learn marketing because I have no like formal degree in marketing or communications or anything. I like studied interior design at university. And so, yeah, I was just consuming all the content I could on how to build a business around this. And yeah, it went from there. So you, you mentioned that it started with getting that 10,000. And, um, but how did you actually do that? Like cause getting to 10,000, it is a milestone for a lot of creators. We know that subscriber count is you know, it's a bit of a vanity metric for people. So what, what was it that you did to get that? And how long did it take you to get to that point? At the time, I had no idea why all these other people were following me. Uh, I didn't think I was that interesting. But looking back, I can see that I was going after a very specific audience. And that audience also happened to be my friends. So I was creating very relatable content, just like this down to earth girl, not trying to be a makeup artist or teach people how to be a makeup artist, just trying to teach the general public how to do their makeup. And people seem to really relate to that. And I can't actually remember how long it took me to get to... 10,000. But I don't think it was as long as I thought it would take. Like within a year? That sounds kind of vain. <laughs> oh, no, it was within a year. Yeah, then that is fairly fast for, I'd say, your degree, Farad. That's fairly fast for most channels. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even getting to 10,000 generally, it's, a, it's, it's quite an achievement. Um, I guess the next thing, though, is then, you know, you're at 10,000, you uh, started a channel I don't think you really ever intended to, to really get into then what made you think okay yeah i'll just keep following this through and i'll make a beauty channel i have loved creating all of my life i actually uh would force my friends in primary school and high school to make videos with me i should actually like make like some members content and put some of my old cringy high school skits (laughs) with my friends and we would like film dances and stuff as well and yeah i've just always been into videos and making videos and just creating stuff in general. So when I found this community on YouTube, it just sort of clicked and I was like, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So would it, would it be fair to say that you enjoyed the creation of your channel more from the creation aspect rather than the makeup and beauty aspect? Definitely, definitely. And I think that's what sort of cemented my change, my change in niches because I love YouTube. I love creating but I just, don't get me wrong, like I like makeup, but I just, I don't think I have that level of passion for makeup that you need with a beauty channel. Mm. You know, it's interesting, we were chatting to Nick Nimmin uh, a while back and he was talking about, we were talking about, about the idea of passion. And, you know, we always say, you know, it is important to be passionate about the topic you have so there's longevity in the content you create. And he did say that, you know, sometimes you can, develop passion through that creation process that you get really into the creation aspect and it can, it can develop from there. I guess though what happened with you was you were very passionate about the creation, but then you realized, hey, maybe this topic isn't for me. Maybe I don't like all the aspects of the beauty industry, for example. Yeah, definitely. And because like my, I started my beauty channel, uh, I think eight years ago now. So eight years is a long time to create beauty content. And I sort of like ummed and awed over whether I should switch niches for a long time. And then it just got to the point where I burnt out, basically. 
and I just could not bring myself to make more beauty content, but I definitely didn't want to stop making content. I didn't want to leave YouTube. So it was like basically just forced myself into changing niches. Right. Now, you see, at that point, most creators would be, oh, wow, okay, I want to sort of change direction. And what a lot of them would do is they try to bluff themselves, but make it an argument that, hey, I can take this channel and change it into something else, right? Um, and we've seen that happen a lot, and it's never really happened particularly well. So when, when you came to that point, what did you think? Did you think, hey, I can change this channel or I've got to start something else? Um, there were points where I was like, maybe I can pivot and start doing some DIYs. And I think I did a few DIYs on my channel. But because there, there is very, very little audience crossover between my two channels, so the videos that I did put up on that channel, just like they bombed. They were My audience did not care about them. Um, so it was very obvious to me that I had to make a new channel. Like I think channels can pivot if there is a crossover and you're willing for it to take a very long time. Like Wenji, she did it very successfully a few times. Like I think she started off doing music covers and then changed to beauty and then changed to DIY. And now she does like lifestyle stuff. So it is possible. Uh, It's just very hard. And I don't think it's worth it if there is no crossover with your audience, like with my channel. I think if there's no crossover, it's just best to start start a new channel. Yeah, we should let everyone know as well. So the original channel, as we've said, is a, was a makeup channel with your name, Katarina Williams, and the second channel, which didn't have the same audience as Cat Creates. And just so the people who may not know what that channel is, what do you do on Cat Creates? I do a lot of arts and craft, but it's not... So for my beauty channel, my audience is very much like that 25 to 35-year-old woman. Um, And for my craft channel, it's more like that 12 to 15-year-old doing arts and crafts and DIYs. Probably makes sense then why when you started to test some of those Cat Create videos on the Katarina Williams channel, it didn't quite have the same impact. Yes, (laughs) definitely. And you mentioned burnout, which is a pretty common thing for YouTubers. Just to also get some clarity around that, was that burnout because the content itself was taking too much work to make? Or was it more about the stuff around it, so the community around it, the the industry itself? What was it that caused that burnout? So my my community, my followers, they were lovely, super lovely. They had nothing to do with my burnout. If anything, they're what, they're what kept me going so long. Uh, but it's just forcing myself to do videos that I don't want to do, but they're what my audience wants. And also portraying messages that I don't necessarily agree with. Like I do have a few issues with the beauty industry. Like I said before, I do wear makeup. I do have like a proper morning and night skincare routine, but I do think there is this big emphasis in the beauty industry that you need to look a particular way to be valued by society. Uh, and if you don't look this way, then this, this, you should be ashamed of yourself basically. And I definitely am very against that. So making these videos on like how to conceal dark circles, how to cover acne, I feel like I was just reinforcing that what the beauty industry is trying to say. And so it was sort of like crushing my soul every time I had to make these videos, which, yeah, eventually just turned into burnout, just couldn't do it anymore. 
And suffice it to say that as you're making videos and you're, you're obviously the face of, you know, you're talking to the camera, so you're the face of the channel. I would say that that would start to come across, that you would start to see that you're not really passionate about that topic. If you, if you had have continued down the road of, okay, well, this is what my audience wants. I'm just going to continue doing these videos that are crushing my soul that I don't agree with. And, you know, it's, it, it makes perfect sense why you decide to switch. There's got to get that, that balance right. Yeah, definitely. And I did try to also do more videos that I was interested in. So uh, like creative makeup looks, but I built this channel about around being this relatable woman who is just teaching the general public, like how to do basic makeup. So they didn't relate with my audience either. It's a good message for us. Don't you think about the importance of consistency when it comes to format and structure? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, you know, at the moment we're doing a, an event based on audience development, one of the key elements of it is like, you know, consistency around format is so important to build that connection with the audience. When you change that up, the audience can feel like almost like they've been betrayed and it can be really, um, really difficult for the audience, also for the creator who's built this loyalty, right? So I can imagine for you, you've built this wonderful engaged community who love you and love what you do. And then you realize that you want to do something else. That, that must have been a hard, a hard moment. Yes, yes. I still get like DMs asking if I'm going to come back to my channel and that they miss me. And I, I still put up uh, beauty content on my Instagram and still engage with my community there. So I'm not like completely gone and deserted them. But it's just, yeah, I just don't think I can go back to doing the beauty videos I was doing before. That is why my audience subscribed to me in the first place. Alrighty, let's take a quick break to chat about our sponsor this week, Trentok. Fred, what's the go with Trentok? Trentok's a great tool for TikTok creators of all sizes. You can customize your for you trend suggestions and Trentok's AI will find new trends for you to use in your content. You can customize the profile based on your account size, location, interests, and goals, and you'll get the best trend suggestions. Boom, super easy. Check it out today. Link's in the description. And before we go on to your, to your new channel and the strategy around that, I mean, obviously with an established channel with a few hundred thousand subscribers, there's, you know, there's some decent money can come out of that, right? Yes. <laughs> so what was that? Like, obviously you not only have a great community, but then you're earning an income from that. And now you're going to change directions. Like that would also add to that, that impact, wouldn't it? Yes. So that was another reason why it took me to the point of burning out before I changed niches because there there's a lot of money in the beauty industry. I don't I'm I don't consider myself a sellout. And I don't want to come across as a sellout, but beauty brands pay a lot of money for sponsorships. I was lucky I was in the position where I could just pick and choose what brands I wanted to work with because um, they paid a decent amount. So I didn't have to worry about, oh, I need to take this sponsorship or I can't pay my bills. So I would turn down who I didn't want to work with. And also that's really what you want to do anyway, because you don't want to, you don't want to recommend something that you don't believe in to this community that is built on trust. Right. Mm. So yeah, it was, it was hard to walk away from these brands that I had built relationships with and like, yes, they were paying me, but still um, I would go to events. I knew all like the PR people and everything. So it was hard, but yeah, it, that's why it took me so long <laughs> to change niches, but I, it wasn't sustainable for me. I couldn't keep creating content I didn't want to make. 
Look, I mean, that's that's admirable in itself. And I mean, I you know, we do know creators who are creating content because they've found a niche that seems to work, but work financially rather than from point of view of satisfaction. And you can see that they're actually quite miserable in, in what they do and they feel they're on a treadmill, um, sort of just chasing the next video. And you just wonder, well, how, how much can you keep doing this, right? What's the, what's the out for you? Um, it's quite difficult, but then you took the, the the actual step. I guess you could say the proper step, and said, "Okay, let me try and take this knowledge and sort of reinvent myself and start a new channel." Yeah. Oh, and starting a new channel now that I've already I've already been there, I've I've made all the mistakes and learnt from them, so it is so much easier to start a new channel from scratch <laughs> this time around. Exactly. So your new channel is based more around obviously like crafts and what you're more passionate about. So, so how was the progression from where you were in beauty into where you are with craft? Progression? I do not think there was much. I just <laughs> it was very sudden. Uh, don't, I, if you want to change niches, I would definitely not recommend doing what I did. So with me, I wanted to do it for a very long time, but then just kept being just kept putting it off because I had bills to pay and I was scared of leaving behind this audience I had spent years building. Uh, but it got to the point where for my mental health, I, I couldn't keep doing beauty videos. So I just had to drop one and go to the other. And I would not recommend doing that if you are thinking of changing niches and are not at the stage of being burnt out. I would recommend taking a investing less time in your main channel and investing a bit of time in your new channel and then sort of splitting it as the other one grows. So you're still you're still uploading on the old channel but still working on this new channel and then as the as the new one takes off that's when you can decrease the old one and then you don't have to stress about leaving all the money behind and how you're going to pay your bills and what if this other channel doesn't take off. Hey, Kat, just to paint a picture, of, and I don't want to ask you exactly how much you were making, but what was the kind of money you were being offered or what, what's possible out there from the makeup channel? Like, what was it that you were leaving behind? <laughs> I like that. You're like, I don't want to ask you how much you're making, but how much were you making? Give me the exact amount that you earned per... No, just, just, to, just to paint a picture of what was, what's possible theoretically. Oh, what's possible? Lots, like... Are we talking like 20,000 and integration? Are we talking... So, okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about specific amounts, but... Yeah, nothing um, that you've made, but maybe, you know, often you'll get requests, hey, we'd like to pay you this amount for an integration. And you might say, no, I'm not interested. So even if you want to say the ones you turned down without giving name. Okay, yeah. So I think the most I ever turned down was a $10,000 contract. And you were doing how many videos uh, a, a month? Uh, I was doing... Most of the time I was doing one video a week. Uh, for a brief period of time, I was doing two videos a week. So potentially, if you were doing an integration at 10,000 per video, that's forty to 80,000 a month. Oh, I, I would probably only do like one or two sponsorships a month. Okay, but that's still 10 to 20K a month. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's before the ad revenue as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So just, I just wanted to make sure everyone realized that when you made this step and you're saying, oh, I'm turning down an income, it was a pretty big risk. Yes. Cool. Okay. So you, you started a new channel and like you said, you'd recommend that people would, you know, you should have like a phased approach where you keep working on the old channel as you start the new one, um, rather than going, I guess the, the cold turkey approach and saying, okay, I'm done with one. Let's move on to the other. Um, but you know, you, you did that. So what would you say would be 
What, what was that experience like? Like what happened in, in those early days? Well, it, like I said before, it just got to the point where for my mental health, I just couldn't keep uploading beauty content. It was making me very anxious and depressed. And so I just, yeah, just had to have a hard talk with myself basically and say, you can't keep doing this, uh, but you want to keep doing YouTube and you love creating. And I love arts and craft as well. So it was like, let's, let's take down, let's go down this avenue instead. And I sat down and I made a plan of who I want my audience to be and what sort of content I want to make and went through my, the demographic and psychographics that I want to target and made a giant content plan that is very flexible because I always, I am an ideas person. And so I always come up with like a hundred new ideas that I want to do, even though I'm like halfway through filming like five different videos. I'm like, oh no, no, let's, let's start filming some more videos. So, um, my plan is very, my content strategy plan is very flexible, but I know what, uh, like what sort of buckets that I want to hit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess what was that first part like? Obviously it's a, it's a much smaller channel now um, in its fledgling state. Um, is that obviously a very different approach to a channel? I don't think my approach is different. I think this is the way that you should, if you want to be a YouTuber, this is the way that you should go into it. You should have an idea of who you're targeting before you make vi- before you make videos. I know a lot of creators sort of want to make videos and then think about the audience after they've uploaded videos and then see their analytics and then go, oh, so that's who my audience is. But I think people really need to take a more proactive approach, not reactive when it comes to YouTube. And if you look at all the like the Mr. Beasts and Preston Plays and all these big channels, that's what they do. They're very uh, proactive with who they're targeting. That's right. And actually we had Trent Hare, who's the head of uh, strategy for Preston um, on, on the show a little while back as, as a two-parter. I'm not sure if you saw it or heard it, Kat. It was, a, it was a really great couple of episodes. And they were, you know, they, they do talk about their process around developing um, that audience engagement and ensuring people watch. And, and it sounds like you obviously learned a lot from your previous experiences on your channel and try, are trying to apply that to the new channel. And that, that has paid off to some extent. Yes, definitely. I made a lot of mistakes, especially in the early days uh, with my beauty channel back when YouTube, like when I started my beauty channel, it was only then that people were making it into careers sort of thing. There were still lots of people that were just uploading for fun, not thinking that, not knowing where it could go. Okay. So just, you know, what would you say, can you give us a couple of tips that if you are going to leave a channel behind and start a new one or you're going to change directions? Give us a couple of tips as to what people should be thinking about or creators should be thinking about. Definitely don't do what I do and (laughs) do what I said before where you are still working on both channels because it's a lot less stressful uh, like financially. You won't have to worry so much about in six months' time, am I going to be able to pay my bills if this new channel doesn't take off? Um, And definitely no who your audience is when you are making content and you want to, you want to, it's like this Venn diagram, right? You have one side that is content you want to make. And then the other side is content your audience wants to watch. And then you make the videos that meet in the middle. Great. Nice. And do you still find that 
you know, it's an iterative process, even with a completely new audience. You, you know, you're, you're an established creator, you've done a lot, you're still always learning. Yes. That's also what I love about YouTube. You're constantly learning. I think with when you have a channel, you always want to be looking into your analytics and knowing what is working and what is not working and how you can improve. And if you are not looking at how you can improve, uh, I believe that's when you either become stagnant or you start to lose your audience. Yeah. And look, and that's one thing we didn't notice, you know, when we've, we've talked to you in the past is that you are very um, keen to understand the platform and, and it's very important. And do you think though, that like what you've learned now, you can apply to nearly any channel you start up? Yes, definitely. Now that I understand that, well, how the platform works, the different algorithms, but also um, how to make videos for a specific audience to build a community, like you can uh, you can apply that across the board. Awesome. Well, Farad, I'm going to steal your famous line and uh, say that we have unfortunately run out of time. But I would like to say an awesome thanks to Kat. Thank you very much for being so open and honest with this entire discussion uh, and all the tips that you gave, which we will be very, very beneficial to everyone who's listening. So thank you very much, Kat. And for those who want to find you, Kat Creates is the place that you want them to go. Yes. Thank you for having me, guys. Awesome. Well, we'll chat to you next time. Yes. Thanks, Kat. Bye. Hey, the generation. Look on the mic.